the HVAC field is starving for young, eager techs. This is the most exciting and challenging field to be in. Come on a journey to find out what you really need to get started from a veteran and company owner who has trained many successful techs. Welcome to Ability Man's HVAC Tool Belt. So good morning. Welcome to Ability Man's HVAC Tool Belt, Will. Good morning. <laughs> didn't think uh, didn't think that we were going to be able to do this today. Yeah, we got lucky for sure. Not just because you were going to bail on me, but because I haven't told you, but I've been feeling under the weather for the past few days. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> did, the, uh, did you get bit by the Rona? I believe I did. The Rona. She got me. Nice. Hey. It was really weird, though. It was really weird because I thought I had it for like a day, like half a day. Usually I don't get sick. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's it. And then like two weeks later, it was just like I showed up to work and I ran a call and I had Jacob go in and do the work because I was just like, something's not right. And he came back out and I'm like, yeah, I'm going home. And I never do that. So I took off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Wow. Yeah. No wonder I see your van just sitting there. That is it right there. Well, all right. And so I, I just kind of felt like not great, like just feverish. I don't know if not everybody gets this phenomenon when they have a fever, but skin kind of feels like very mm-hmm. sensitive, like extremely mm-hmm. sensitive. So that's basically like the worst of it, like for three days nonstop. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the most annoying thing ever. (laughs) Meanwhile, all I can do is sit on my back and that's like the part that's most uncomfortable. That is terrible. (laughs) So today, I feel right as rain. Hey, back at it. Back at it again. (laughs) Anyway. Enthused about HVAC. Yeah. And today we have like a, a gloomy day out there, but... I love the gloomy days, so it's nice. So I wanted to talk about a couple of interesting things. I just kind of did like a real quick search. What's new in HVAC industry? And there is something coming out that I find extremely exciting. I'm sure that I'm also going to find it incredibly enthralling. (laughs) They are revising how they rate equipment for SEER rating. Wow. And they are calling it, wait for it, Seer 2. <laughs> really original name. I uh, wonder where they, how they figured out to do the, the, the 2 version of it. I mean, they couldn't even just do like 2.0. That would have been way cooler, but they're just like, nope, Seer 2. That's it. And That's awesome. And Seer has been around since, uh, I think it's, 92, 93, something like that. Is it an abbreviation or is that an actual just word? Yeah, so it's seasonal energy efficiency ratio. And it's derived by calculating how many BTUs of heat is removed divided by the amount of kilowatt hours. And so then that gives you a little two-digit... like 10, 12, 13, 14. And right now the minimum is 14 seer. Uh, 
Um, but actually, the calculation I just told you is in ear rating, E-E-R, energy efficiency rating. In seasonal, they do that at a particular temperature. I just learned this. Um, I thought that SEER was derived by calculating the equipment efficiency over different temperatures so that they were giving a more real-world um, measurement of how the equipment would um, how the equipment would perform during different ranges because the, your season isn't like a constant, like 90 degrees all year round. Like you're, here in Florida, you're going to have temperatures, you know, we're going to start running our air conditioning like when it's 75 degrees outside just to remove humidity, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but um, so you need to account for that. You can't just like go, oh, this is a stable temperature and there you go, right? Well, I thought SEER actually took that into account. It did not. SEER is measured at 85 degrees outside temperature. So it's more like for us here in Florida, but EAR is measured at 95 degrees. So that would be something more like an arid, like hot, like desert climate would be the EAR rating. And then for Florida, we would be more like for the SEER rating. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So in doing a little bit of research, I, I got some clarification. <clears throat> the other interesting thing is that this also depends on how the equipment's installed, right? So like you could get like a really nice high-efficiency piece of equipment and get just a real horrible install, and your equipment efficiency is going to just go through the floor, right? That would make sense. Yeah, and so most... I can honestly say this from empirical evidence based on my work in the field. Most ductwork systems here in Florida are undersized. Like the guys didn't pay attention or they didn't know or they didn't care, but the ducts are actually not big enough to supply the amount of air that was designed for that system. So when they're rating these, I just found this out too. Sear is measured at 0.1 static pressure. Um, now, static pressure, I'm not going to get into um, really how it's measured because it's another five-minute conversation, maybe later, but 0.1 is very small, very small pressure. Um, most air conditioning systems, well, probably not most anymore, but they're designed for 0.5 on a regular motor. And then if you have um, an X13 motor or a constant torque, same thing, they're measured to 0.7. Or, yeah, 0.7. And then, um, or rated up to 0.7. And then uh, variable speed is rated up to 0.9. But all these systems were ran at 0.1 and it, 85 degrees to get their SEER rating, which is just insanity. Like, if you knew anything about this, um, that is insane because you're not going to find a system that's running at 0.1. That's just not a thing. Wow. Well, that was incredibly over my head, but I'm sure that anyone listening <laughs> to this fully understands all of the things that you just explained. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is a little bit... Uh, 
further than just the novice coming in and, and, and whatever, but anybody who has done an installation or knows anything about static pressure, has taken any kind of measurements, would understand that this is, uh, this is a problem. <laughs> so what they did with the SEER 2 rating is they're trying to do more real-world applicable measurements. They decreased the SEER requirement and bumped up that testing to 0.5. So that's really awesome. But the thing is, is next year... Uh, January 1st, they're implementing this. And so all equipment will have to be 15 SEER minimum or 14.3 um, SEER 2. So that's going to affect some stuff. And I don't know if they're going to make you like test this stuff after installation because that's what it kind of seems like. It's uh, going to be some sort of after installation testing requirement. So then essentially all the units that are, what, 13, 14 SEER will be obsolete? So that's a good question. Um, so anything that's in our southwestern or southeastern region, you will not be able to install any equipment manufactured. No, anything installed after that point, has to be 14.3 SEER 2 or 15 SEER, period. If you're in the north, you can install stuff that was manufactured before that date, but not manufactured after that date. So it's weird. They're doing, like, manufacture date up north, but install date down southeast. And I don't know what they're doing southwest. I didn't see that. So does that mean all the units will be the more expensive one? Yeah, but what happens is that usually the price of that equipment, which would normally be more expensive because it's like your upper uh, platform, usually that equipment will get a little bit cheaper because now it's your base model. Dang, I should have waited a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Because yours will run better than that. <laughs> good, good. We just have to get you more airflow. Less static pressure. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a good case study for this, Will. <laughs> because I know. You your to, exact situation you existed. Like your dummy unit. <laughs> yeah. They're all my dummy units. <laughs> um, so I, I thought this was interesting stuff. The other thing that I wanted to mention, um, I mean, this has been mentioned so many times, but the R22 phase-out occurred two years ago. This is a real deal. I, I called for prices and availability for R22, which is the old refrigerant for most residential systems, and it was priced like really high. For it being phased out two years ago, I didn't expect it to go that high. However, I didn't also expect to see 410A, which is a new refrigerant, newer uh, price increase. That stuff has quadrupled in price over the past two years. So it's getting crazy on the chemical front anyway. But um, R22 is now phased out. 
if anybody, this is my recommendation, if anybody has more than $500 in repairs on a system requiring R22, just replace it. This is not a good decision. Uh, it's called throwing good money after bad, for sure. Yeah, well, uh, I followed that uh, advice. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, mine was just spewing it out, right? Yeah, it's like... Coming out of somewhere. It's like dollar bills, like flying out of your unit. <laughs> yeah, turning the heat on, and boom. There's a couple dollars, there's a couple dollars. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to take a second and just talk about funding for a minute. So this is Ability Man's HVAC tool belt, and I thank you for listening this far, and I hope you're finding this information valuable and entertaining. I am encouraging everybody at this point to please help our show out. Uh, whatever, if you find this show valuable or interesting, which my statistics are showing that people are actually listening to this, which, I mean, it makes me happy. That's payment enough most of the time, but... I mean, the fact of the matter is, I take some time out of my day. You take some time out of your day, Will. We have equipment that we've obviously purchased, and, you know, there's software costs and all this stuff. It would really help out a lot if anybody would just go on to PayPal, or I I also have a method of you can go on to uh, different podcasting uh podcasting two apps which you can flow satoshi which is the smallest increment of uh bitcoin to us um but any kind of donations would help out a lot um i'll put the where you can donate in the show notes but it's a value for value model so whatever you find is valuable to you like if you went out and you know, spent an hour watching a movie or an hour and a half watching a movie or something like that, you know, how much would you pay for that? If you would contribute even a dollar, five dollars, twenty dollars, whatever you find is valuable to you, um, please pass that along. It would be much appreciated. Also, you can send us uh, communications to our email. I have an email I set up, abilitymanpod at gmail.com. So, Love to hear any kind of stories you might have, ideas you have, or just to say thank you. That'd be appreciated. We like hearing that kind of stuff. Anyway, we're going to continue on. This is not going to be a crazy long episode, but I'm back in the saddle, and uh, I'm glad you were able to join me again. So I wanted to talk about HVAC being the best trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said this morning, you know, plumbing's pretty shitty, so this is definitely uh, something that tops that. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I, uh, I do have a single friend who's a plumber, so I don't want to alienate him, but I, I, I don't think he's doing plumbing anymore, so maybe he's fair game. Hey, you know, I had a guy come to do some plumbing one time and he uh he was talking about how much he loves it and he's making tons of cash. So, hey, you can't uh, can't knock it. And he said he's not really deals with he doesn't really deal with that much 
poop. Yeah. It's, you know, more other random things. So. I mean, nowadays you have all this uh, PPE, personal protection equipment. So you have like latex gloves or nitrate gloves or whatever, and these guys come out and they put on their overalls, and, and that's cool. There's a lot of crawling underneath homes and, and stuff like that. I do not knock it. Those guys do make some good money. They provide an amazing service. That service absolutely needs to be provided. However, in air conditioning, aside from the drain aspect, well, actually drains too. We we run plumbing as well. So I know how to uh, solder uh, pipes together. I know how to run a drain in PVC. It's not the same type. We ha- We have different kind of angles and stuff like that, but... You know, we have to adhere to the same or similar codes as, as plumbers as well. So we encompass uh, the plumbing trade as well. I mean, I'm not installing sinks, but back in Las Vegas, I was licensed to uh, install a water heater. And I could run water lines all the way from anywhere, basically, all the way to my water source heat pump. So my license encompassed plumbing. Very nice. Yeah. What else? What what other trade, Will? Welding. Welding. All right. Well. That seems hot. Yeah, yeah. Coming in hot. <laughs> they, uh... I mean, I've done a little welding myself with my, my, my grandpa back in the day, and boy, when you get that hot bead of metal that shoots off and penetrates through your clothes, that's not very enjoyable. <laughs> no, definitely not. So we also do welding. It's a form of welding called brazing. And the difference between brazing and soldering is just the temperature. And so you're fusing two pieces of metal together using an electrode or a heat source and a a filler metal. And so we do that as well. And, uh, man, talk about getting a little bead. One time I had a bead uh, come off of my uh, braze joint and actually get caught in between my wedding ring and my finger and roll around. (laughs) So I had a burn all about um, one-third around my finger, like right on the meaty part too, not even like the top, like right, yeah. (laughs) Mm. That does not sound enjoyable. I think the only thing that saved me was the fact that um, it was my left hand, and I am... I can't do anything with my left hand. Oh, well, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. So that was fine. So if you want to attack John at any point, you just go for his right hand, and he's he's completely helpless. Yeah, completely neutralized at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw a mechanic. This is a little side note. I was driving by, and it was this real... You've probably seen this place. It's right over here on, like, uh, Betty and... Um, Sunset Point, and it's like this real, yeah. like, they, they sell cars out of this little corner, and it is, like, the mm-hmm. worst cars in the world, right? And I stopped in there one time to buy mm-hmm. a van. I didn't buy it because it was just, this guy was a complete criminal. He's like, oh, no, that's fine. It's not broken. I'm like, this is obviously broken. I can't even get in the door. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this kind of place, right? I look yeah. over, and I see this guy's mechanic, and I now I understand why. He... His right arm was completely useless. He was, like, working on cars with his left arm. Like, he was the mechanic, like, 
doing all the repairs to the cars. He only had <laughs> one arm, and it was his left arm. I, I would, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what I would do at that point. No, he would be useless. Yeah, yeah completely useless. Had to retire. <laughs> um, so anyway, so welders, yeah. How about electricians? You know any electricians? No, I don't actually. You don't? I I know no. a few electricians, so I got to be a little. I have to be a little um, fair, but I'm not going to be all that fair, because I have seen electricians completely botch up some HVAC by running their wires like over ducts, mm. like flexible ducts and let's like run like the whole house full of wires like right over the main trunk line and let that just completely collapse the duct or like bang holes in walls and uh now there are some very talented electricians out there i'm not talking about those guys you're talking about the guys who never actually understood the trade and just went up there and did, went went crazy on it. I had a bathroom job being done and, and a guy came in and did some electrical work and then they an electrician from the same company came in and said, who did this? This is junk. And I was like, mm, I have a, a lot of faith in, uh, in what these guys are doing. Right? Right? That is... Oh, man. That's, that's the best. Or it's even better. God, I'm trying to remember when this happened. But I've actually seen it happen where the guy comes out and he's like, oh, man, this is horrible. Who did this? And they were like, you. You did this. You were out here. You did that. <laughs> uh, oops. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it happens in the, in the same company all the time. I mean, I've air conditioning. I've seen that a bunch. Like, there are air conditioning hacks. There are plumbing hacks there are electrician hacks um but yeah the thing is though house electricity is some of the simplest stuff you would ever want to see i mean basically the most complicated part is wiring like a two-way or a three-way switch other other than that everything's like one wire comes in goes through the switch goes to the load goes to the next socket or whatever i mean it's just a daisy chain like all the way through it's super super basic man i mean you just got to make it look good it basically at that point makes sense that's why i feel uh probably why i feel confident not knowing how to do any trade um the most confidence i have is replacing an outlet yeah like putting a new uh, putting a new jack in or something because it's you know, usually like two wires. If I open that thing up and it's got four, okay, maybe four is acceptable. But I've got one in this bathroom, little remodel bathroom I was doing that's got like eight wires going into the back of this thing, and they're all wire netted up in there. And, and then I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't understand. And then when I, what really gets me is when like they don't use maybe they do like a switchback or something, so the colors are not uh, maybe what they're supposed to be, mm-hmm. and so it's not like a, a it's not a direct swap out. And you're like, okay, well, now I'm screwed. And i got to call somebody. Yeah. Well, sometimes you'll find that on, like, um, a two-way switch. You'll have a third wire. And it'll be, like, red. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm lost. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
As long as if, if but the thing is, is like if if it's you know the new thing that I have has all the same exact connection points, then it makes sense. But as soon as anything is different, then I'm like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So some of the funniest stuff I've seen, and this is so predictable. It's just like one for one, right? Customer calls me out. I don't know. My my cousin, who's a master electrician, this is what I get every single time. He was a master electrician. I'm like, oh, I know what happened. I go to the thermostat. (laughs) (laughs) And they can't wire a thermostat. They cannot wire a thermostat. Because um, residential electricians are used to just like a single, oh, this thing's on, oh, this thing's off, right? But a thermostat is like, the best way I could describe it over the years is a train station. You have a hot coming in, right? And you have a common, and the common is, its only purpose is to allow that thermostat to power up. Right, so basically, your your common is a negative, only for the thermostat. Otherwise, the thermostat just takes that power and diverts it to whichever component it needs to turn on. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have your indoor fan, your compressor, your heat strips, your reversing valve for a heat pump. And I think I'm forgetting something. It doesn't matter. So you can turn, the thermostat is turning on each one of those components individually depending on what setting you're asking for. So if you're asking for, on your system, heat, because you have a root system, you're going to call for the compressor, the reversing valve, and the indoor fan. All three of those needs power in order to turn your system into heat. But an electrician doesn't think like that. They don't realize that there's like different components being called for when a thermostat turns on. So when they put on this thermostat, they go, okay, that B means this blue wire, right? Well, the blue wire is usually a common wire. And so when you loop it into the B circuit, you blow the transformer. <laughs> yeah, there's entirely too many things in there. And, yeah. then, and then there's also... Like, if you look at the the hookup paneling or, like, inside of the thermostat, sometimes there's, like, two layers of letters that indicate it could be this or the other. That's why when I ran, when I installed my Nest myself, um, that's my, one of the problems I had was that I would, I didn't realize there was, like, a second layer of of code that I wasn't paying attention to on the <laughs> connector. So. I love it. See, we also know coding. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, color coding. <laughs> oh, man. It'd be nice if it was all just wireless. At this point, it's amazing to me that you still have to run a wire to a thermostat. It should just be all wireless. Well, we have that. But then you need batteries. And then you have to change out the batteries. It's kind of like the difference between running Cat5 and Wi-Fi. You know, if you had the option, wouldn't you rather run the Cat5? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's faster, more reliable. You're not going to have problems. That's the true. Wi-Fi goes down and, you know, your Bluetooth doesn't work. Like, screw that. I'm wired in with headphones right now. I mean, plus you can put them in 
if you wanted to, you can put them in, you know, very hidden locations at this point. Well, I guess the, the fact that there's a thermostat on there, but, or the actual, like, temperature gauge on there, but, because, um, oh, you know, like the, what I have, the Ecobee, Ecobee, what is it? Ecobee? Yeah. Has the, the app, so, I mean, I basically have the adjuster anywhere I go, so that's nice. Yeah. But, I mean, you could put your, your thermostat in the closet and put, like, a little sensor somewhere in the house that's, like, not even visible. Yeah, I got one on my desk. Yeah, see? So, I mean, there's all kinds of technology. I've installed thermostats on the ducts in, like, commercial buildings so that you can't see the thermostat, so that you have mm. to have, like, somebody with a ladder to actually change the setting. Um, but they just keep that temperature constant, like, all the time. There's all kinds of weird stuff. Like my favorite that. is putting that little box over them, you know, putting that little lock box over top of the Oh, yeah, those things are they're so beautiful, too. I love putting those things in. <laughs> yeah, they're really nice. I used to put in a thermostat, and at the end I'd say, um, here's how to lock it, and I'll sell the code to the highest bidder. Between the, the <laughs> husband and the wife, I'd get them, like, I'm showing them the thermostat. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'll give the code to the one who, the highest bidder out of the two of you. <laughs> Because you can lock thermostats. You can lock your thermostat. You have a an Ecobee now? Yeah. Yeah, you can actually lock that sucker. Did you know that? I didn't. But um, now that I don't have to pay a million dollars a year for AC, I will, uh, I'm not going to be so concerned about it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I just like to be comfortable. So I, I should just have like a comfort setting on my thermostat. Comfortable. Not comfortable. That would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it's, mine has the comfort settings. So it's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. But what that is, is um, it actually just gets to the temperature a little bit quicker. So if it's like heating and you have it set for comfort, it's going to kick your heat strips in at the same time just to get you to the point where you're you're hotter quicker i believe hmm. so, maybe that's what happened yesterday when i turned it on and it like blasted the heat up and i set it at 72 and it stopped at 75 yeah with uh 71 percent humidity oh my god i don't know it was, it was weird man yesterday was super weird yesterday was weird it's been really beautiful here, and then yesterday it got really cold, and then today's like rainy and drizzly, doom and gloom. Yep. Um, anyway, that's about it. I mean, I, I want I did want to mention that HVAC is the best trade because we encompass so many other trades. Like basically, we do electricity, we run simple circuits, we run low volt circuits, which is more like low-volt guys and high-volt guys, two totally different styles. The only thing we're not doing is, like, lineman work, right? We're not bearing lines either. Uh, We do plumbing, so we do uh, welding. I do gas piping and refrigeration stuff, duct stuff, running pipes. It just, there's so many other trades involved. Plus, sometimes we do a little bit of carpentry stuff. We have to, like patch something up to get equipment like into the attic, which is very rare. I, I try not to do any of that, like get a 
a GC to handle that kind of stuff. But we do end up doing that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just there's so much involved in this trade. And as a result, it makes us very competent. We can do so many other stuff like building cars. I mean, I know it seems a little bit far from what we're talking about, but you'll see a lot of AC guys branching out into other activities like building cars and, and, you know, racing and doing other, like building their own house, like things like that, because they've done so many of these trades. It's kind of crazy. You're a jack of all trades. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> anyway, I think that's about it for this episode. No, I think that, uh, that about wraps it up. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, thank you, Will. No, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Ability Man's HVAC Tool Belt. Have a good one. <laughs>